also Dr. Baker J. Baker. And today, um, I don't know what happened to my brother, but he didn't show. So, uh, great apostle is going to join me, and his name is Apostle Eddie Maestas. And he had to ask me the question. So, that means you need me, right? Say yes. <laughs> I do. Welcome, Apostle Eddie. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Oh, and my. I know I know you needed me and you wanted me on today. So I said, all right, I'll go ahead and do this for Dr. Baker. <laughs> you were so I just so wanted cool. everybody else to hear that. Everybody to hear it. Everybody to hear it. Everybody to hear the humility that is in her that, that you already know is there. So we had uh, I know you guys had a great time on Sunday. Uh, the the uh, conversion conference was was just uh, magnificent and then um uh, from what i understand you and your congregation had apostle michael Framp and had a wonderful time and we had apostle mcgee and randy and he just they just um blew it out I, heard of he, I heard he taught for five hours uh not quite but he had the time to do it. I told him, I said, there are no limits. I think I wore him out. You so, wore him out. Wow, that's a that's the first time. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And and then the people in my congregate in the congregation, Monzine's congregation and stuff, they uh we started at eleven, we got out at three thirty, something to four, and then we had food and stuff like that. People didn't leave here until really late. Uh uh Prophet Andrew and his wife came up, Don and uh, Robin were over here, so we had a great time. I didn't get in until we went out to eat, and I didn't get in until after 10. So we had fellowship, and uh, it was really neat. Yeah. Well, we, we had a great time with Apostle Michael Fram, and I was also able to have a lot of my sons uh, with us on Sunday morning that, uh, that were at the Convergence. So that was exciting because many that uh, not from around this area that were able to come and and be with me for the first time uh so that was really a blessing and then yeah i understand so yeah we had yeah. quite a few i think a good 20 of them were here uh all right so, so that was good but uh, apostle michael fram of course taught a great message called just do it hallelujah amen all right i like that i like that <laughs> he says just do it do what god's telling you to do obey him and follow his instructions and uh it was a wonderful message and uh he blessed the house everybody loved it and uh we had a great time great time of course i'm still recuperating from the convergence but, yeah so uh, am i it was a great convergence and uh everybody did this just wonderful all the speakers all the people that came the worship the help the service uh everything except for the hotel <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we had our problems there, but I think it's because of the presence and the anointing of God that was there and on us and stirred up a few things. But it's all right, we got through it. Okay, I want to know what's on your heart. I want to listen to you. I want you to tell the people what's on your heart, what's on the heart of Apostle Eddie Maestro. You want to hear? Well, there's a lot of things on my heart <laughs> right now, but. As far as for what I'm doing with love and unity, there's uh, three things I think I've shared uh, with you and the council. And, and also I shared it on the first night that I spoke. 
that we're just not interested in just having good meetings. We just didn't go out to Pomona and Ontario to have a meeting. We have a purpose. We have a plan. And that's to obtain God's vision for the world. God wants to bring forth his image and his likeness into all the earth. And how is he going to do that? He's going to do that through his sons. He's going to do that through you and I, who are in the image and the likeness of God. And how is he going to do that? He's going to do that through his son, Christ, who was the first son. And he set the example for us as the corporate son, how to occupy and take this earth and bring things back to God's original purpose and plan before the fall of man. You know, God had his first son, Adam, and God instituted in the earth father and son for the first time. We had father God who put his son and in his son was both male and female. He created them. And when he put them on the earth, he put them here to demonstrate his image, his likeness, so that heaven and earth would be together as one. Whatever was happening in heaven would happen in earth. But through his son, through his son, which was the creation that God created out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into man life by the spirit, and man became a living soul. And through that process, God wanted to bring heaven and earth together as one. And then we all know that Adam failed. Uh, and because he failed, uh, he was blinded to who he was as a son. He did not see who he was as a son. And because of that, the whole earth began to groan and travail because Everything that it was meant to be was now robbed by one man's failure to recognize who he was as a son. So God had to set his only begotten son, which was Jesus, as God but born of a woman in the earth, to bring forth what God originally planned to bring forth. And that was his son. Again, God instituting into the earth father and sonship that's why people get so mad when we talk about father and son because the devil don't like that because he knows that's how god is going to bring heaven and earth together as one that's how god is going to establish his kingdom in the earth is through sonship but you can't have sonship without fathering so god began to create in the earth the principle just like he does in our family he raises up a father and a mother that are together operating as a son and together they're to bring maturity to their children so that they would be in the likeness and the image of their creator as our heavenly father if we don't have that and the reason why the devil's attacked it so much is so that our children won't become mature our children won't be in the likeness and the image of god they would end up being in the systems of this world and in the likeness of the fallen man instead of the second Adam, which is the resurrected Christ. So the enemy's been working on this for years, but God always has a plan. He put his son into the earth, and now in the earth, through his governments, he is bringing forth sonship in the church through the ecclesia by how? Equipping them by bringing us to the unity of the faith as the corporate son and to equip us so we can do the work that god always wanted to do in the earth 
which is to occupy this earth with heaven, which is to take this earth in total dominion that we've been given from the beginning of time and to occupy it, that the kingdoms of this world will bow to the kingdom of our God. And he does it all through father and son. Why do you think that people fight this? Why do you think that we as beings, as living souls, fight the heaven and the earth coming together in us and us walking it out in all its glory? Because it's the flesh fighting against the spirit. The flesh represents the first Adam. The spirit represents the second Adam. The first Adam is of the flesh, which John says is full of pride and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Men don't want to be father today, or I should say sons don't want to be father today because the flesh gets in the way, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. So when you have a true father in your life and he begins to mature you as a son, he begins to remove the first Adam out of your soul, which is the flesh, and brings you into alignment to your spirit, man, which is Christ, so that your soul will begin to operate in sonship instead of an orphan or instead of the flesh. So the enemy fights it because he knows once we truly get a hold of sonship, once we fully begin to mature in the likeness and the image of God, then we're set to occupy, to advance kingdom, to bring heaven to earth, to, to do all that God originally planned from the beginning of time. So the devil fights it, and sadly, he fights it mostly through religion. <laughs> Not even the world fights us as much as religion fights us, because religion is constantly wanting to bring law to us. It wants to bring uh, the systems of this world to run the church, but it won't happen. God wants and will lead his ecclesia by the Holy Spirit and only by the Holy Spirit. And Why sons of God are supposed to be what? Led by the Holy Spirit. Since we are a new creation, totally new creation, a created being that has never, ever, ever been before. What makes it so that this Adamic soulish nature will not, what, what, what makes these sons, because I have some sons just as you do. In fact, we share some too. But what makes it so that they refuse to submit and accept the fact that who they are, because if they accept the fact of who they are, then the orphan spirit, this orphan thing that can only come from the flesh because it cannot come from the spirit of God. That's so right. happens in there. I'd like for you to talk about that. Well, to have a submitted heart, you have to have a humble heart. And what's the opposite of humility? It's pride. Pride is man's number one enemy constantly that keeps us from coming into full sonship and to full maturity. Why? Because to become humble and to become a son, 
You have to submit yourself to correction, to direction, to instruction. You have to be willing to be accountable. You have to be willing to honor and respect. And when people don't want to honor and respect and they don't want accountability and they don't want to follow instruction, what they're saying is, I want to remain an orphan. <laughs> I want to still be the Adamic nature, the flesh. I still want to do my will and not God's will because true sons come to a place in their life where they say, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And that- Wait a minute, are you, are you saying, I have to interrupt here. Are you saying that people choose to have, oh, I don't want to point this. <laughs> are, don't are hurt you me, saying, don't hurt me. <laughs> no, it's not hurting you. Are you saying that people choose to walk in and to keep this orphan spirit? Yes. Yes, because God gives us a choice. See, what people don't understand is there's two of you. There's still the Adamic nature inside of you. And then there's the nature of Christ inside of you. But you have a soul. And the soul has to choose who they're going to submit to, who they're going to honor to. So most of the time, people don't submit to the spirit of God because they don't want to do the will of God. They want to do what they want to do. They want to try to get there the easy way. They want to try to get there like a kid tries to get candy before dinner. They don't want to eat the vegetables. They don't want to eat the good food. They want to eat the junk. And that's where a lot of people are today. That's where children and orphans are that have not matured. They don't want the truth. They don't want real spiritual food. They don't want true growth. They want to have fits and demand their way and say, I'm going to have it my way. Well, go ahead, sweetheart, have it your way. But I'll tell you, you'll go around that mountain again and you'll come back to a place to realize you're not going to have it your way. <laughs> God is going to have to deal with that orphan spirit that refuses to submit to God. I know I lived it. I lived that orphan spirit for many years in the church as a minister. I lived an orphan spirit, doing my will, doing what I wanted to do, not being around people who I knew that were going to bring some change or correction in my life. I'd get around only the people that I knew I could uh, use my authority over them, but never wanted to be around authority that could be used over me. <laughs> so I would associate with that which I could control and never associate that which needed to bring correction and change and instruction to my life. Wow. When you say that, when you say that, you are touching on so many of my children, so many of my sons. You are, what this is happening is this, is that they come to a place or they're in a place where they're hearing from really the soulish realm and saying God said, and seeing it distorted. Can you, here's my question for you. Can a person walk in the things of God? Uh, I mean, walk in this orphan spirit, walk in this manner where they're doing what they want to do and truly hear from God in, in how it is that they are to handle things. They hear, but they hear with clutter they hear with fog so they don't have clear direction 
That's why they're double-minded. One day they're saying, God's telling me to do this. Next day they're saying, oh, but now God's telling me this. Uh, God told me to leave this church, but now God's telling me to stay. God told me to have this leader, but now God's telling me to pick a new leader. God's And they're always double-minded because they have the spirit of God inside of them, but they also have their flesh. And they have not made a decision yet to completely submit their will over to the Lord so that God's will is done and not their own. And to do that, you have to be willing to be accountable. You have to be willing to have authority in your life because that brings a place of humility and humility gives you complete access to all that you need when it comes to the grace of God in your life. So are you saying this? Here it is. People choose where they go because it's comfortable or they choose where they don't go because it's comfortable or, or whatever. It's uncomfortable. It's um, if someone told, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, there was a while I lived in Santa Cruz a long while and God had me going to a congregation in Pittsburgh, California. That was a long ride. But I knew that I had a season for that. I mean, it was long. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was like a two and a half hour drive in order to get there. And then we go through the service. They go, go out to dinner and they want to do all of that. It took my whole day. But the thing of it was, is this, what I got from there, I got so much of what I would never do. I got those things that I would never do. I saw things that um kept me that has me right now if i had not have done that i would not be on the senior council of love and unity because i wouldn't have the character yeah it's a people don't want to go through the process see everybody wants to be a, a, a overnight preaching star you know they want to be the overnight leader of a big church they want to be the overnight leader of a great network they want to do what Apostle Eddie's doing with love and unity. I said, if you want to do what Apostle Eddie's doing with love and unity, are you willing to take the road that I took? <laughs> and there's two roads. There's the road that is narrow and there's the road that is wide. And the wide road are those of the transgressors, those that continue to transgress against what is right of an orphan spirit. The transgressor life is the orphan life. It's the orphan life. And every time you transgress against authority, refuse to submit, reject correction, don't want to follow instruction, want to leave the church that God told you to stay at, don't want to make the sacrifices necessary. And that's because you don't live a crucified life. Because when you live a crucified life, it doesn't matter if God wants you to go 15 minutes, an hour, two hours to drive to get to where he wants you to go. You've decided to live a crucified life. And that crucified life produces the resurrection life of Christ in your life. But you got to live that crucified life. But is it self-control? Is it, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this and I see where people choose. Well, I'm not going this week. I'm not going this thing. You know, I look at our, our council and the only time that we're not um, 
supporting each other in these um, convergences or willing to be on a team or whatever it is, is if, uh, if they're ill or if something has happened or if there was a, um, like one of them going through something with moving and different things like that. But the heart is still longing to be with that group of people. What makes it so that we are united the way that we are united? What do you think is, is, is the... What I like about our council is all of us have gone through a process of learning sonship, every one of us. We had to be, you can't be a father till you learn to be a son. Everybody's saying, I'm father this and I'm father that. No, you're not. You haven't even been a son yet. And until you can learn to be a son, you're never going to be a good father. Matter of fact, I wasn't a good natural father because I never came into sonship with the natural father. I My, my real father died at, at an early age. I had a stepfather that I completely rebelled against. So because of that, I never learned how to be a father to my sons that were to come. So I had to learn how to be a father the hard way, through mistakes, through pain, through suffering, through many things. But that process helped me not only to now be a good natural father, but also to become a good spiritual father. And now I know the father's heart. Because why? That pain and that suffering that came to me because I was of an orphan spirit and I was not walking in sonship, those things called me to cry out to my Heavenly Father. Those things caused me to bow my knees to my Heavenly Father because of unbearable suffering and pain in my life. And when I cried out to God and began to humble myself before God, he was now able to talk to Eddie about things that were of an orphan spirit, things that were fleshly, things that were controlling, things that were not right in how I operated, how I functioned, how I pastored, how I was a husband, how I was a father. All those things had to change and be corrected, but it didn't come until I went through a season of suffering to completely humble myself and submit myself so that God could turn me into a father as he was teaching me first how to be a son. You know, it's really an interesting thing. I can actually say that um, I have personal knowledge about you and your 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 fathership with your um, natural father. And um, I'm not gonna let anybody know this, but um, you know, you're doing a good job. <laughs> Uh, I got a disclaimer on that. Dr. Baker didn't really say it. It was, you know, one of those things. Okay. Uh, here, here's, here's another question. When you humble yourself before God, doesn't, does, doesn't that, uh, um, doesn't that present you and, and prepare you for humbling yourself uh, with, uh, between other people, humbling yourself? Uh, uh, to those that are around you, to those that God has placed in your life for changes? Um, you know, people don't even know what humble is. That's they right. Know it, they know it religiously. You know, that humble is not walking around poor. It's not walking around with your head down. It's not walking around letting people step all over you and trample. That's, that's not humility. Matter of fact, people get mad at me all the time because they say, oh, 
this Eddie always acts like he's so confident. Well, I am confident. <laughs> Not in an arrogant way. I know who I am in Christ. I know it has nothing to do with humility. Humility is giving God complete access to your heart. Complete access to your heart and give and you willing to adjust and to change and to shift whatever the spirit of God is telling you, either directly or through a leadership one or through an authority. And most of the time, I know people don't like to hear this, but most of the time authorities are in total alignment with the Holy Spirit. Most of the time. But people don't want to hear that. Oh, that's not what the Holy Spirit told me to do. Yeah, because you're mixing it with your flesh. <laughs> but if you have an authority, guess what? They're hearing from God when you're not hearing from God correctly to help you do the right thing. So humility is, a, is not just a, a giving God access, but humility is a submission. It's, it's a submitted heart. Not to controlling people or, or, or manipulators or people that have wrong motives to try to control you for the right, wrong reason. We're not talking that. That's all malicious and evil. I don't like that kind of leadership at all. But leadership that truly loves you. Leadership that wants to turn you into a son. Leadership that wants you to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. Leadership that don't want you to go through unnecessary suffering and pain like we did. You know, you and I both gone through a lot of suffering and pain. And the reason why we fight for our sons so hard, because we don't want them to go through that pain. We don't want them to suffer like we've suffered. We don't want them to go through things that we've gone through because most of what I've gone through was unnecessary. It was my own pride. It was my own uh, a false understanding of things. It was my own religiousness. It was it was my rebellious heart in many ways that would not allow God to, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, hallelujah. And when our heart's good, guess what? We'll listen to every step God wants us to take and we'll take the right steps instead of the wrong steps. Okay, we only have about another minute. And in this minute, I want you to, I, I, I want to ask you a question that you're going to be on my next program also on this. Tell it like it is the kingdom way. I want you to speak on, um, I want you to think about this. We're going to talk about what does the kingdom way really mean? You know, it's like I have this program called Tell It Like It Is, the kingdom way. And there are some truths, there are some facts, there are some realities that are in the kingdom that are not in the world. And I want you to think about that and I want you to uh, talk about that. And uh, you got about 15 seconds to start it. No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> if you don't want to start it, just take the notes and we'll do this on our next program. Let me say this. It started off by thy kingdom come, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven kingdom is not just a heavenly thing kingdom is an earthly thing amen and it's about the will of god and there's many ways that are of kingdom that are not the kingdoms of this world many ways okay we're out of time we're out of time remember this is uh apostle dr baker j baker who's going to be back with apostle eddie maestas on our next program do not miss it because we're going to talk about the kingdom things 
and uh, remember love-unity.org and my email, my uh, e I mean, whatever it is, my website and information is up there. And, um, you know, please check us out. Love you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.